0: marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown and through adaptable problem solving we do just that learn more at marines.com
2: anatomy of an ad subconsciously trigger emotions through music perfect
1: define an opportunity
2: imagine talking to millions of people across the u.s like i am now
1: identify a problem
2: creating an audio ad is time consuming
1: offer a solution
2: utilize cutting-edge ai imagine creating all that in under 30 seconds Well, we did to create this ad. To learn more about AI in the audio industry, download the white paper from audiostack.ai.
3: All right, Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to part two of the Steelers preview podcast. I'm Jeff Hartman co-editor of behindthesteelcurtain.com. Joining me as always, Brian Anthony Davis, our podcast producer, and Dave Schofield, the other co-editor. I don't know, it sounds like someone's getting killed at the Davis household. I'm not sure <laughs> that. Uh, How hey, about Brian? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they might be.
0: I uh uh yeah, it's uh, it's been a long Christmas break. They go back to school tomorrow uh, <laughs> now everybody's fighting. So I'm going to put myself on mute and let you go.
3: All right, so let's talk about the defense now. Let's turn it over to uh, the defensive side of the ball. I'm looking at, um, let's talk about Baker Mayfield's numbers. He was 17 for 27, 196 yards, averaged 7.3 yards per attempt, uh, one touchdown, no interceptions, was sacked four times for 30 yards. That's without TJ Watt. That's without Cam Hayward. Four sacks. I got to be honest, I didn't see that coming. We were concerned at one point, just wondering, is the streak going to continue? Yet here we are, Baker Mayfield, that's seventeen for twenty-seven. Looking at the defense of, uh, we'll talk about pass rushing first. The Steelers finished with four quarterback hits. Obviously, we talked about the four sacks. Um, Chris Wormley with one, Stephon Tuite with one, Jaron Elliott with one, and Alex Highsmith with one. But I gotta say, Alex Highsmith should have technically had three. He ran he. He equated to sacks for other people to two it and the Elliot Zach were really all him. Let's grade the pass rush here, guys. What do you grade the Steelers pass rush? We'll start with Brian.
0: I'm gonna give him an A plus, actually. I, you know, I will because really they did the things they needed to do. Like you, Jeff, like probably Dave too. I was afraid that, that sack record, even though it doesn't matter, I just wanted to see the extended, there was a part where I was thinking they are not going to, uh, they're not going to sack this guy at all in this game. And, but then, because, you know, the Browns had a really good offensive line going, they had their guys back. Everybody, everybody that weren't that was not there back in uh, October was there this time around. And I really uh, did not expect them to be able to get to him, especially with the fact that TJ Watt makes so many opportunities for a guy like Alex Highsmith, Alex Highsmith proved that uh, that uh, you could possibly live life without Bud Dupree, and proved that he is the front runner for that starting job next year because Alex Highsmith can get to the quarterback. You saw a guy like Wormley had a really nice game. He was back there on one of uh, one of those sacks as well, where he could have gotten credit for it. You know, so I, I really like what they did. I thought they went after the quarterback. There were times that uh, Baker did take off and kill them with their legs, Uh, kill them with his legs. But it's just uh, one of those
3: things that I'm really proud of these guys. What do you think, Dave? What's your grade for the uh, pass rush? Um, I'm going to go.
1: This is difficult because it looked – Early in the game, it looked like oh, the streak's gonna be done. There are Mayfield sitting back there and he's got all day to throw. And as the game went on, it just got it seemed like it got better and better. So I'm I'm gonna give them I'm I'm gonna give them a B plus with the most improved award because I felt like as the game went on, they did a nice job. Um and really that's that I think that's what Brian said. Basically, sums everything up. You know, add TJ Watt into mix with that. Highsmith had a had a good, solid. I would even say great game. Um, it, it makes me feel good about going forward.
3: Yeah, when you think about the fact that the Steelers did take some of their players out in the second half, and they were spelling them more often, players like Stefan Tuit, and then with. Uh, Cassius Marsh not being able to play in this game due to being on the COVID list. They're very thin at outside linebacker. Um, J. Ron Elliott did play some outside, right, Dave? Wasn't Elliott on the outside? at at some. Uh, Yeah, he was in there some, yeah. And then you had Ola Denye and Heisman. These guys didn't get a lot of breaks, and they did a good job. I give it an A. I thought the pass rush was was a good big part of the game. There were a couple times where Mayfield escaped. Uh, You figure that's that's a situation where TJ Watt typically uh, nullifies some of those runs because he's just so he's just so good. Period. He's a defensive player of the year candidate for a reason. So okay, let's go down to the rushing. This is the rush defense. So the Cleveland Browns rushing, they rushed for 192 yards on 31 carries, 6.2 yards per carry. Nick Chubb, 14 carries for 108, none bigger than the 47-yard run he had in the first quarter for a touchdown. Baker Mayfield had 6 for 44. Kareem Hunt 10 for 37 and Jarvis Landry one for three with that run being a touchdown guys, when you're grading the Steelers rush defense at uh, 192 is a big number. What grade are you giving that Brian? We'll start with you. You know, I got to
0: be careful when I talk about Baker Mayfield, because I always want to put an S- expletive before his name. And I did it a few times and I got yelled at by my wife in this game. So, you know, there's children around. I'm like, yeah, I just hate this guy. And uh, when I saw him take off and run, I was like, "Oh man, this guy, this guy is killing us," but you know, it's really hard to go ahead and give them a high grade for giving up almost 200 yards on the ground. I realize 40 some were uh, by Nick Chubb. Nick Chubb is, I think, and I said this on the preview, one of the best in the game at running back. They did shut down Kareem Hunt, what I thought was pretty well. Um, so I, I. Love to go back and see where all those yards came from because it seemed like in the second half the running game, besides Baker Mayfield, wasn't really working. I'm going to go ahead and give them a C plus because of some of the second half efforts, but uh, I might be wrong on that. That, uh, but it seemed like they clamped down a little bit, just like they did as far as the uh, pass rush goes too. But still, a C plus.
3: Dave, what about you for what the you rush say- defense?
1: What do you say he- they had for the for the game?
3: Uh, 192 total, okay, because they had 110 at halftime. Then they started throwing oh. the ball, they just got away from the run. I don't, it's, it's
1: well, it's, remember it's what was that 47 of which was on the one touchdown early 47, on? Yeah. yeah, yeah. I, I think once again, the deep, even the, I think the defense in general is, I mean, the pass defense or was or not that sorry, the rush defense early on was not good, but it did settle in as the game went on a little bit more, um, still wasn't the best. I'm going to, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it a C minus because anytime you look and say they ran for 192 yards, you're going to, you're going to be in trouble. The The thing that was nice, it was really difficult when a team's running the ball that well, that after the failed onside kick, you, you what do you want more than anything? You know, they're going to run. You need to be able to stop them. You know, since it's already at the 50 now, I already saw on Twitter where someone showed. I couldn't even tell who that was from the Steelers that came flying through and just got drugged to the ground in a hold on, on the Browns' first down play after the onside kick, and they didn't call it. But they didn't call anything like that all game. So, But I, I really like it in that situation when you know a team's going to run and you have to make that stop. You need that stop. They didn't get that stop. They didn't even take it to fourth down to make them have to get that stop. That's therefore I'm going. Did I say a score yet? A grade, you mean? Yeah, did I say a grade yet? No. If I did, no I, I, okay, I'm going to say C-. minus.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was thinking a C. Again, you're missing Cam Hayward. That's a big loss. You're missing TJ Watt. That's a huge loss. Fingers crossed here for me because I just don't want to be repetitive with what you all said. Fingers crossed here Spillane is able to come back next week. If Robert Spillane can come back and he can be a healthy version of what we saw earlier in the season before he got hurt, that would be a huge lift for this defense in general, but also for this rush defense. He's just really good in that regard. And I think most would say if you have Spillane, Williamson, Williams, and Marcus Allen, those four players, able to play at different spots and different sub packages, you're going to feel a heck of a lot better about your rush defense compared to the alternative, you know, which is what we saw today out on there. And they, the Steelers did give Vince Williams some rest, especially in the second half. You know, I know when Marcus Allen got hurt, Williams had to come back in and then they got him back out. So we'll see, but at the same time, uh, definitely not uh, the best showing for the Steelers heading into the postseason. Let's get to the super chat here. Just showed up. Machu Laos gives us $12.04. He's been spot on every week, giving us the, the record amount. Thank you very much for the tip. He's a decent game all around considering the personnel. Pleased with the performance, with maybe the exception of the running game and another sub-100-yard game. Well, we're locked to run it back with the Browns next week. Yes, it is final. There's The Steelers will host the Browns next week. When is the game? That has not been announced yet. Um, rumors were, this is from Jerry Dulac at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, Earlier in the week, the rumors were that the Steelers will be playing sometime on Sunday. That has not been finalized. That has not been confirmed. Do not start setting your, you know, do not call your buddies and set up that party for Sunday because that could change. There's going to be be three games on each day. So one of those slots. Yeah. What's up, Dave? I want to ask
1: you this question With the Steelers resting players and the Browns obviously not, would it be to the Steelers' advantage to play on Saturday? have that one last day to prepare for both teams. Um, and then you get, you know, what could even possibly be an, an extra day for the next week. I don't know if it'd be an extra or not. It would depend on the, how the, that would fall. And you have to get there first. Do you think playing on Saturday, especially with the Browns having to travel, do you think that would that is actually more advantageous to the Steelers? Or is it the typical Mike Tomlin, we don't care. We're just going to show up and play
3: whenever. My first response to that is trying to figure out the timeline and whether Eric Ebron and Cassius Marsh would be able to return to the Steelers or not. It, because you know they, they, they were all put on the list as – I don't think they've tested positive, but they were put on the list as high-risk high, high risk contacts with uh, Joe Hayden. Joe Hayden is not going to be able to play next week, whether it's on Saturday or Sunday. But I'm trying to figure out if, if, if that 24-hour span would matter. You want them in the lineup, right? Don't you want an offense with Eric Ebron considered – uh or would you I, I don't to think that's
1: gonna matter because if it's if it's just the five day for that for those guys because of the high risk contact, then they're they're gonna be back.
3: Okay, so if it's just the five days, I think that yeah, there could be an advantage for the playing on Saturday. The Browns are gonna to have to travel. Um, you know, the Steelers will be at home, so we'll we'll see. I, I don't think it really matters personally, Brian. What about you?
0: Absolutely. I kind of uh, like what Dave's saying there that you know you kind of go with that if that's a possibility. Um the that would pro- probably help the team out. Uh, you know, I'm thinking if they do get a Saturday game, it's going to be a night game. I I would really think that you want to put the Steelers, if you're the NFL, into a uh, a primetime spot on a, on a Saturday. If it's on a Sunday, you're probably putting the Steelers around a four o'clock game. The only thing I'm wondering is, are the Steelers going to get the coveted Nickelodeon game? <laughs>
1: Nickelodeon well, game. Yeah, there's gonna be a Nickelodeon <laughs> game where they're gonna do crazy stuff and make the end zone be like it's slime and stuff like that. Um is that just on Nickelodeon or is
3: that gonna be on the regular broadcast? <laughs> That's just Nickelodeon, right? Well you um, laugh, yet they had the Muppets on Monday Night. Football, <laughs> yeah, yeah, so uh,
0: I I, I am mean, praying on, right? I'm <laughs> praying that that we don't see uh well I will say this. If Randy Land gets slimed, that would be really funny. But besides that, I don't think I'd, I'd really enjoy any shenanigans, especially in the
1: playoffs. Yeah, no, and you got to remember, the, the main thing they're saying is it appears that CBS wants the Steelers. So if CBS wants the Steelers, you have to look at which time slot on is going to be a CBS
3: game. And that's what I'm not
1: sure of. So... I don't know if that's already preset or if they're
3: still working on uh, it. I'm trying to think. Typically, that news gets announced tonight. It might be late. Yeah. Because sometimes they have to, obviously they have to wait for after Sunday Night Football, but typically that news gets announced tonight. Uh, Machu, again, gives us $5. We appreciate it. Please put all the players in a bubble at this point in the season. We don't need any more COVID situations, please. I hate to be the one. I'm just going to take a quick side here. I hate to be the one to say that I, I kind of called this. Was I was just on Instagram and I saw that Eric Ebron had a story, and those that use Instagram know exactly what I'm talking about. So I click on it. And it's a video of a bunch of little kids playing, and I see Joe Hayden's there, and then I see Cassius Marsh is tagged in the video, and I'm like, man, they're all together at their house. Like I get it, I understand that you know your kids are playing together and stuff, but. This is the stuff if the NFL I guarantee you, they saw that video, or because of contact tracing devices, they knew they were close to each other. That's why Cassius Marsh and Eric Ebron couldn't play in this game because they all got together. It was right there for anyone with an Instagram account to see. So it's it's frustrating. And it comes back to what Mike Tomlin said before training camp. And that is the most disciplined team very well might win the Super Bowl because they're going to stay out of situations like this. They can, the Steelers just, look, as tempted as you are, you, you can't pull a Dwayne Haskins and go to a strip club. You can't even get together with your families. You just, you just got to wait. You just got to wait. Like You have to wait. The season's over. You and your families can get together. You can go on vacation wherever you want. But right now, the focus has to be on the playoffs. So hopefully, fingers crossed, the Steelers, meaning Ebron and Marsh, don't test positive. If they don't test positive, they'll be able to play in the playoffs. But Joe Hayden, he's he's out. He's out, and that's a shame. So, Brian, go ahead.
0: That's not a BTSC role, is it, on the strip club thing? <laughs> just checking, asking for a friend?
3: <laughs> Why you got to call Tony out like that? Come on now. Come on, Brian. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs>
3: You're welcome, Tony. All right. Uh let's get to the secondary for the Pittsburgh Steelers again. Baker Mayfield went 17 for 27 for 196, one touchdown. 97.1 rating. Let's look at the actual defensive numbers for pass defenses. They had four pass defenses. Um
1: uh, I know one was Alawalu with the line.
3: Yep, Alawalu. Steven Nelson had one. Minka had Minka had the great one yeah. in the back of the end zone. by uh, the fourth the field goal attempt. Yep, Sean Davis had one. Um, and so, yeah, there you, there's your four guys. Let's grade out the secondary. What'd you think, Brian? Start with you.
0: Let me go ahead and give them a B plus And that's just, yeah, I didn't think that Baker was outstanding in this game, especially, uh, going down the field. I mean, I think there was that one play, but, uh, one big one early, but as far as everything goes, I, I thought the Steelers held up their end of the bargain real well. Minka came up big, especially uh, holding them to a field goal in that one situation where
3: they could have been up 14. Dave, what are your thoughts on the secondary?
1: I'm trying to remember exactly when the play was, but there was a big pass play where uh, a certain corner that doesn't usually play that we don't want to call out by name or Jeff doesn't want to call
3: out by name. Just got so DM me on Twitter. Calling me an idiot, not know I'm talking about. Yeah,
1: was just absolutely gave up a big pass play. There, I mean, it kind of showed that there was certain guys that you could call on, and certain ones that you might not want to. That's the only thing that I saw with some negatives. I like. Did Did you notice Cam Sutton filling in for Joe Hayden? Did you notice a problem or any anything going on there? Nothing that jumped out to me during the game while I'm watching but also while I'm also trying to update the scores on all the possible games the playoff scenarios and all that as it went on but nothing jumped out at me in that aspect I'm gonna I'm gonna give them I'm just gonna give them a B because there were a couple plays like that that um that were troubling but I think those are things that can just be corrected by having different players on the field perhaps
3: yeah I'm gonna give them a B because that one player that I can't talk about, whether it's on Twitter in written form or mention him in an audio podcast, because <laughs> it's actually true, by the way, he did send me a direct message on Twitter saying I'm an idiot and I don't know what I'm talking about. So kudos to that guy. I think he got benched by the way. I think he started him outside and they replaced him with cam Sutton. Didn't they? Um,
1: I thought he was, is- he was supposed to play more than rest Steven Nelson. And then I got you. So it,
3: typically in the past though also when they go to dime cam sutton goes back into his typical spot and Mm -hmm. they might put the guy that i can't talk about outside yeah
0: you know what jeff i think you need to think about some things before you write and talk about these players just stay in your lane just (laughs) stay
3: in your lane jeff No, it's it's okay because it's science. It's science. <laughs> you know, I, I
0: digress, you're gonna kill me for this. Yeah. Tony got called an idiot by uh, Justin Hardwig once, but that was before we were really crazy on I mean, we weren't all over social media at, at that point as far as Twitter and everything, but he called out and I uh, Tony up uh, like apologized to him and like Justin Hardwig wrote something back and said, You're still an idiot.
3: it it does rhyme with lame as black and gold goggles said and it will just stay in our lane there you go um so uh, it it, rhymes with it rhymes with lame
0: yeah what's up with these guys named justin like (laughs) hardware?
3: Gosh. what's up with people being that sensitive that they can't take uh a little bit of criticism that's you what I should see think. the stuff that i get oh <laughs> i bet i bet i bet and for those that are wondering like what is jeff talking about a couple of people in the live chat or you have to listen to my let's ride podcast because i i talked about that that was after the game i'm trying to think what game that was uh i'll tell you to go back and listen but i can't remember so yeah mm-hmm. you get those dms that are just fun to get. I'll never forget a guy who used to write. Mike Frazier used to write for Behind the Steel Curtain. He got threatened by Bud Dupree. Bud <laughs> Dupree challenged him to come down to the facility, and he was going to fight him. Some <laughs> people are. Some of these guys. I mean, I gosh, they're just. holy. Well, that, that was terrible. that was a few years ago when you know what was that Bud's a like second year.
1: Since then, right? Yeah,
3: I think it was yeah. Bud's second year.
2: Yeah. Sorry. All
1: right. <laughs> so, hey, Fine, um, gosh. Can, can, can I throw out some some geeky numbers real quick? Because someone said in the live chat that the that the bills were foolish for playing their starters at all.
3: Oh, here we go.
1: But are you ready? Yeah. Go ahead. It was from my crunching the numbers article this morning. I went back and did all this research. Here's what's crazy: teams that are hosting a wild card game. So before pre-2020, because now there's three of them, you're talking about the number three and the number four seeds. If you're talking about the three and four seeds, if they completely rest their quarterback, don't even have them play, their records their records in the last 15 seasons is two, was it two and six? I'm pretty sure. Two and six. When you're talking about where they play their quarterback but only play him not more than a half, those teams – are five and one, with the only loss being in two thousand and five. It was the Cincinnati Bengals when they sat Carson Palmer for the for the for the majority of their week seventeen game, and then they lost to the Steelers in that wonderful two thousand and five postseason run. So there is some benefit to playing your players some and then resting them the rest of the game, making them prepare and stay on a roll. Now, when it comes to the Steelers this year. What they did was the wise thing because they did not get a buy. This was their chance to actually have a little bit of a buy.
3: All right. I have a question for you guys. Did, did, I didn't miss any grades, I don't think. Um, that was pretty much it. Uh, yeah, let, we could let, we
1: could always grade
3: grade the kicker. Matthew Wright. He makes <laughs> 246. Well, he made three kicks. I think a 26 and 246. Definitely showed enough leg. Yeah. And I, all of a sudden, and, I'm feeling confident in case he has to kick in the playoffs. Good, ahead, Ryan. Mm-hmm.
0: And one of the nicest onside kick attempts I've ever seen.
3: Yeah. They yeah, kicked it right. It, I The officiating in this game, I don't want to go off. They were. I thought they were awful in a lot of ways. I've been saying it all year. If you follow me on Twitter, my handle's there right on the screen if you want to check that out. They're the worst at spotting footballs I've ever seen in my life. I mean, some of these spots they give guys, for both sides, by the way, are horrible. And then you look at that onside kick. So it goes right to the Browns defensive offensive player. Don't even know who it is. And it's in between his legs and he's trying to bring the ball in and then the scrum starts and you have officials running in basically already giving the Browns, a first down sign. I'm like, I'm telling Dave, wait a second. That, that ball's up for grabs underneath that scrum. Whoever comes up with it is who gets it. Now, maybe they did. I, I think Al- he did, man, he And he could totally have, and he could have, but for the fact that they're running in saying it's their ball, there was no clear possession at all on that play. And then you look at, you talked about Mason Rudolph getting hit in the head. The the many, 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 I felt were blatant holding calls that weren't called. And, and it just goes to show you the officials have been told don't call holding period. Just don't call it. Let them play. So, okay, that's fine. But don't, don't do it one side or the other. Because-
1: and, and everyone wants to say Tom wouldn't want a challenge. There is, of course, he won that challenge. That it's that obvious. call was so terrible. How do you miss it? He, I said to Jeff, the worst part about that was that he had to waste. When you only get three, luckily it didn't come back to hurt him at all. You know, you only get three. That's only if you get two of them right. Yeah. That he had to waste one of them there because it was so obvious that that call should have been made properly. Were they so busy staring at his feet they didn't see his arm hit down out of bounds?
3: Maybe that's what it was. I don't know. It was bad, but I want to ask you guys a quick question here, not to get, not to look ahead. We've said, I know I said that at the beginning, which side of the ball is going to benefit the most? Which side of the ball is going to be like, wow, this team did the offense with getting Pouncy and Ben back defense with Cam and TJ, which is going to see a bigger boost in the first round of the playoffs coming off of this week, 17 game. Good, Brian. What do you think?
0: I'm going to say the defense is going to get a bigger boost out of this I uh, I really think the defense looked really good, but you get these guys back, they are going to be game breakers going forward.
3: What about you, Dave? Yes. No, you know, no, 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 no days no, go good. They're
1: both going to. I'm honestly, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to I'm going to say defense. And especially if they could even possibly get Spillane back, which I'm, which there's people are saying Spillane. No, he just because he's eligible to come back. Edmonds. Then you had Edmonds, which is very true. Thank you, Jeffrey. That's why it's the defense. And also, there was not a big drop off at quarterback this week. There was not.
3: No. It and it again. I mean, boy did the boy did the fan base's tune change with Mason Rudolph.
1: Well. (laughs) No, Michael Beck I tweeted see, yeah. it out, and I had to retweet it. I almost feel like I got to look at it because I'm like, I couldn't have said him said it any better myself because what what Michael said, this was at halftime. This was at halftime. Um, it was, was that he said, and I'm trying to bring it up here. Um, he says, if you don't think Mason Rudolph is playing well, it's because of your preconceived notion that he isn't a good quarterback. Yeah. He – Hit it right on. Hit the nail on the head right there. If you thought Mason Rudolph played bad in this game, it's because you already decided you don't like Mason Rudolph or you don't think he's a good quarterback. Okay, and and it's not like he played a minute. But you can't say he played bad in this game.
3: No, I'm not going to say he played bad. But I'm going to go with the offensive side of the ball as is going to get the biggest boost. I think that with Ben having a week off, I think you're going to see a different a different quarterback than you have seen in the la- in the month of December. I think a lot of people are just thinking, ah, it's just a week, whatever. It's not going to matter. Think think to yourself, I mean, when was the last time, like, maybe you pulled a muscle, okay? Let's say you pulled a hamstring playing in a, in a church softball league game, or you, not saying that's happened to me, um, or you were playing with your kids and someone kicked you in the shin. I could think of a million different scenarios here. After a week, think about how different it feels. It starts to start feeling better. So let's say Ben's knees were a little really sore, and it's, it was really causing him some pain to step into throws and things like that. Maybe his shoulder is a little sore, and his arms just fatigue. A week off is gonna is actually going to matter. It, it is. It, it it'll matter. Will it be night and day? I don't know. I, I, that that's something I can't tell you because I don't know the actual if he has injuries, what's the extent of those injuries. But I think it will matter. I think will, yeah. I think you're going to see a different Ben Roethlisberger. Jeff, how old are you? Thirty-seven. I'll be thirty-eight in February. So you
1: are you are Ben Roethlisberger. In a, in he, a, he's one year older than me. Yeah, yeah. one year older than you. I'm a, just a few years older than that, and I can tell you, with it makes a huge difference. So much yeah. more now than it did ten years ago. So, just just you know, little things that you could bounce back from in a day or two, 10 years ago, you can't do it. You know, now it takes, you know, five to seven. So. I think you're right. This is going to be huge, hopefully, for Ben Roethlisberger feeling better next week.
3: Yeah, it's, it's going to be a big jump for, for anyone. You know I mean? For both sides of the ball. Dave said yes when I asked the question. Which <laughs> side of the ball? I think, yeah, they both will. I mean, T.J. Watt, Could you, you talk about at age 39 getting a week off. T.J. Watt, I mean, he's what, 26, maybe? 25? He's going to be like a thoroughbred chomping at the bit to get after Baker Mayfield. He's going to be out to kill someone. And, um, you know, I know that on our Slack channel, Michael Beck said that uh, TJ Watt needs Aaron Donald to have a really bad game tonight, today against uh, Arizona, which is going on as we speak, so that, you know, TJ could be the defensive player of the year. This is something Lance Williams used to say all the time on our shows the last two years when the Steelers didn't make the playoffs. You have to make the playoffs to win those type of awards. And so TJ is going to have an opportunity to put out even more tape in the playoffs, Even though what, when is that voting actually done? It's not done. Is it done before the playoffs or I don't know, but it's going to be fresh and people know the timing of it. Yeah. That's a good question. So, all right, let's do final thoughts here. Brian, start with you. Go ahead. All right. My final thought
0: is a question and you guys don't have to answer this, but how impressed were you really with the Cleveland Browns today? Because I wasn't, I wasn't impressed with Baker Mayfield. I was impressed with Nick Chubb because I'm always impressed with Nick Chubb, but Jarvis Landry looking angry and looking like he's on a mission did not impress me either. These guys were not impressive at all. Miles Garrett holding his shoulder on the sidelines, even when he was in there, he did the things he's supposed to do, but not over and above that. It just felt like this team was not a very inspired team whatsoever, and now they are going to be facing the Pittsburgh Steelers that get a lot of guys back. I'm talking about – I'm not talking just one or two guys. They're possibly getting six or seven guys back. Maybe more, maybe less, but somewhere around there I didn't do the complete math. All I'm saying is the Pittsburgh Steelers, even though they didn't win this game, they did what I wanted them to do, go out, play with pride, play with passion, and compete for this game and even if they came up short I was going to be fine with that because there were there's no repercussions to losing this week. So really, they put a thought in the Browns' head heads that hey, we're vulnerable. The Browns are in more of a pressure situation coming into this game than the Pittsburgh Steelers are as far as I'm concerned. Kudos to the Steelers for this game. I would have loved to have seen the victory. I would have been loving to, you know, just celebrating a win and it almost happened. But really, what they showed me on the field makes me feel good about the playoffs coming up.
3: Dave, final thoughts. Go ahead.
1: You know how they talk about like a letdown game after a really big game? you have this game that you're so wired up for and you've got to go win this game and it's got to be there. And then after that game, you kind of have a bit of a let down game. This was a big game for the Browns. This was not a big game for the Steelers. Okay, the Browns had to put everything that they had into winning this game to get to the postseason. And they won by two points against the Steelers who left their four captains at home. The only captain that was even there was their special team captain in Jordan Dangerfield. He was the only guy in Cleveland. The other four were sitting in Pittsburgh watching the game. Okay, they that this is what the Steelers were doing, and yet in Cleveland it was a two point game. If Cleveland comes out and blows the doors off of the off of off of the Steelers as they rest players, then you might be like, oh, we'll see if it's that much of a difference. This game and the way this team fought and the way that they almost came back and won this game. Let's go, let's go get it done next week when it's supposed to really be done. This is like, you know, you've, you've got everything that Cleveland wasn't holding anything back. They couldn't afford to hold anything, last game of the season, couldn't hold anything back. They couldn't afford to, or it was their last game of the season. So therefore they had to give everything they got Steelers got to hold back an awful lot and it was a close game. Now you get them at home and you get to go out and do your thing. That's what I'm looking forward to bring on the playoffs.
3: I'm not going to dive too much into my final thoughts on this game. Uh really want to tell people to listen to my let's ride podcast tomorrow, which is titled the The time for excuses is over, you know? Well, oh, uh, maybe they're holding something back for the playoffs. Uh, maybe this, maybe that like it's done. Like it's now or never, you know, it's put up or shut up. The Steelers haven't won a playoff game since 2016. They're going to have the Browns in their house. It tape. Hey, when was the last time the Browns were in the playoffs? 2002. Who'd they play in the wild card round? The Pittsburgh Steelers. Who won? We all know Fumatu Fala on the draw in the snow. Kelly Holcomb. Thank you, Dennis Northcutt, for that drop in the second half. We appreciate it. If it weren't for that, we would have lost the game. <laughs> uh, we'll talk about that. If you're not doing that retro, sh- if you don't run that retro show again, Brian, this week, you're nuts. Just so you know. You're absolutely crazy. <laughs> oh, so you're okay with a repeat? <laughs> yes, absolutely. This would be a good one for this. But uh, check out my Let's Ride podcast tomorrow. And then also... Uh, all of our podcasts. We have a couple super chats here before we call it a show. Machu gives us 1304 as there he is. He's predicting uh, not looking past the Browns next week, but I have great confidence after two days, perform today's performance. Can't wait till next week. Feels good to be playing January football again. Let's get this W here we go. Stairway to seven. I love that. Love that positive energy. Snowman gives us $5. The boys from down under did a great job yesterday. It was a really, really fun show. Thanks. If you didn't check out the Steelers touchdown under, which has been on our audio side for the entire season is now on YouTube. And Brian give us the lowdown on when they'll be on and all that stuff.
0: So what's going to happen is you will see them every Saturday live around 5. PM. So that's, and then on the audio network, they'll be on, um, the following morning as far as that goes but if you want to catch these guys live and once again i i do apologize um dave and rich are no longer the poster boys no longer the sexy guys as far as the eye candy for btsc we're now put making the australians that guy on saturdays so uh you go ahead check them out at five o'clock every single saturday so dave i'm sorry i apologize
3: Let's hey, go
1: the the live chat on Saturday didn't agree with you. They said that big bro's at 10, and that means Dave's going to be <laughs> 11. <laughs>
0: All
3: right, Jesse George gives us 4 He says, did Jens notice the playbook seemed to be more opened up without Ben? Very interesting. Is he not comfortable maybe? I do think there's plays that Ben is comfortable with compared to ones he's not. So, therefore, I think that it's uh, it's definitely that type of situation. Dave, go ahead.
1: Last question. I know the ball wasn't coming from Ben Roethlisberger. You think Ben Roethlisberger watched this game today? I, I, I'm pretty sure he probably yeah, did.
3: He probably was out playing his kids. Yeah, he well, watched it.
1: Well, I, I hope he watched this game because you know what? Even though he wasn't the one throwing the ball, he should have more confidence in receivers based on today's game.
3: I agree. I agree 100%. All right, gentlemen. Good job. We appreciate it. If you're watching live on YouTube, please like and subscribe to the channel. We appreciate the love on that side and that platform. If you're on Facebook, make sure you like and follow our page. We appreciate that as well. Make sure BehindTheSteelCurtain.com is a one-stop shop for all things Steelers. Look, we're guaranteed at least one more of these. Let's hope that next week, whether it's Saturday or Sunday night, we're going to be talking about a divisional round game coming up. We'll be with you all on the way. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next week. Take it
2: easy. Anatomy of an ad.